Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. Take a minute, turn the radio up. Take a seat in the pastor's office. favorite listeners welcome back to the pastor's office pastor jonathan mason here with you this afternoon i gotta tell you i'm sorry that we missed you last week uh but you know i believe in being totally transparent uh you're my audience we've become basically a radio family uh and last week my mother was uh rushed to the hospital uh, she is late-stage Alzheimer's, and uh, she has a very bad case of COPD. So you've got uh, an individual who has issues with memory, uh, the body starting to forget certain things or has forgotten a lot of things, and then she's in a situation where she really can't breathe. So we had to get her to ICU uh, we had to spend a lot of time with her, talking to doctors, uh, making really important decisions um, about her care going forward, uh, and um, quite honestly, just in, in a lot of prayer uh, regarding her situation. Uh, and, and I share that with you, one, to tell you why we didn't have a show last week. I needed to be with family. Family first, always remember that. Uh, but also to, to, to tell you to cherish one another. While you're still here, uh, cherish one another. Tell somebody you love them when they can still hear it. Give people their flowers while they can still smell them. Learn to love on people because you never know when tomorrow might not happen. I, I say this all the time during funeral services. I say it during, to my congregation. If we learn how to treat each other right while we're still together here on this planet that God has created, you won't have to act like you want to jump in the hole with them when they're laying in a casket and about to be lowered down into the ground. Uh, There'll be no sense of guilt, remorse. There'll be sadness. But if we know we've treated people right while they're here, then, 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 then we don't have to jump in the ground. We can, we can thank God for the, relationship. Thank God for the time that we spent together. uh, And then know that it's been God's will. Whatever he's done, it's God's will. Uh, I'm so thankful for my mother and and I'm thankful that she raised, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bigging up myself. I'm not talking positively about myself, but I know she raised three good sons uh, and we are doing our best to take care of her now. Uh, In her 89th year tomorrow, if the Lord allows her to live, she'll be 90 years old, 90 years old. We had a big party planned, had over 200 people coming, had the DJ, had the decorations, had everything. But guess what? God laughs at our plans. 
So there won't be a party. We'll be by her bedside tomorrow, but we're going to read cards. Uh, we're going to give her balloons. We're, we're just going to have a good time with her. So you know I don't like to miss a show. But if I'm not around you, i got to explain to my family why I wasn't there. And I wasn't there because we were taking care of mom. And I want you to take care of mom. Take care of dad. Take care of your children. Take care of your family. Because tomorrow is not promised. All right, listen. we got a great show for you. Uh, I always like to uh, discuss what's going on in the local politics here in the state of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia. Uh, and today we've got a first-time guest. I'm always excited about first-time guests, uh, especially when they represent uh, a portion of uh, the population of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, because, you know, one thing we do recognize is that those that have been placed in positions of leadership uh, on the local, the city, the state, the national level, guess what? God put them there. And God could have put them there uh, for a multiplicity of reasons. All right, Even Trump was put there by God, but I tend to believe he was put there when he was there to shake us up and get our attention. So sometimes we get leaders that have to get our attention uh, for us to stand up and do the right thing. But in this case, uh, I want to introduce and welcome into the pastor's office for the first time a uh, six-term state representative uh, who represents Berks County. Uh, he is a Democrat serving the 126th District. Uh, uh, we want to welcome him in to introduce him to you and talk to him about some of his plans. Uh, state Representative Mark Rossi, welcome into the pastor's office, sir. Thank you for having me today, Reverend. And I'll, t I'll tell you, your, your opening comments about your mother, uh, it's totally to the heart. Uh, my, my mother just had surgery the other day. She's 83. And um, I, I got a chance to go by and see her. And I know I've been working a lot lately. And I, have, I feel in my heart that I haven't seen her enough lately. And uh, your comments, um, they kind of reset me on the path of, how important our mothers are and everything that she's done for me in my entire life. Um, so I just want you to know that's, um, you know, you, I'll, I'll definitely keep your mother in my thoughts and prayers. I appreciate that. And, and, and we're certainly going to keep your mother in our prayers. And, and I say this all the time, uh, State Representative Rozzi. I say for my family in particular, uh, one of her raised three of us. So yep. three of us ought to be able to take care of one of her. Amen. Uh, and, Amen. And, and, and that's that's our focus for as long as God allows her to be here with us. Uh, so, man, I really appreciate that. And like I said, we're going to keep your mom uh, in our thoughts and prayers. But listen, this is your first time yep. uh, here in the pastor's office. I mean, we've had uh, State Representative Harris, uh, Dawkins, uh, the, the current speaker, uh, Joanna McClinton. We, we, we've talked to so many of your colleagues uh, uh, there, uh, up there in Harrisburg. Why don't you first start by just introducing yourself to this Philly's favorite audience? Tell us a little bit about your background and, and, and how you got into politics here in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, I, I appreciate that opportunity. And, and I'm not your typical politician. I never um, thought once that I would ever um, be a state representative. I never thought I would be become Speaker of the House either. And my path, really, to becoming a legislator is a, is a little bit different than a lot of other people. 
um, because I was a small business owner. My dad uh, only came to the United States uh, from Italy in 1957 and started a little construction business. And when he died of a glioblastoma in 2001, I took over the family uh, business as president. Um, and you know what a family business is like. I mean, you're working with your cousins, your, That's right. your brothers. That's it's, right. it's a unique situation. And, and I loved it. And um, but something changed for me in, in 2009 when a, uh, a childhood friend of mine took a gun and put it to his chest and killed himself. And it was at that moment that this overwhelming guilt and shame uh, came across me because I knew that that young man was suffering. I knew that he needed help, and I, and I knew at the, up to that point I didn't do anything about it. And it was at that point I, I came forward and and talked about how I was sexually abused and, and raped by a Catholic priest. And a lot of my friends that I went to grade school with were also sexually abused by Father Edward Graff. And just at my grade school alone, we counted over 40 children who were abused by him. And we put his total numbers at over 200 victims. My God. And that was really the the first time that I knew I had a decision to make in my life that it came down to one or two options for me at that time that I was either going to to pick up the gun that was on my nightstand and end my life because I I couldn't deal with the pain anymore or I was going to stand up and start fighting not only for myself but all for my childhood friends and, and for all the children of this commonwealth that the laws in this commonwealth were protecting the perpetrators, the pedophiles, and not the victims. And it was at that time where I said, I'm going to start standing up and fighting and, and do whatever I can. And I went to my state representative and I asked him, you know, what are you doing to protect the kids in this commonwealth? And he said, well, I got to tell you, you know, the Insurance Federation, the Catholic Conference, there's a lot of groups out there spending a lot of money in Harrisburg who are trying to um, protect these institutions. And it was at that moment that I knew that I had a bigger calling in my life. And when my representative reached out to me and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be stepping down. I'm not going to run for office anymore. I know that you've been up to Harrisburg. You've been speaking out about what your vision is for this commonwealth. He's like, I would love to support you. And it was in um, 2012 that I decided to run for the Democratic primary out of a four-way primary. I came out with 70% of the vote. And in the general election, I came out with close to 70% of the vote as well. But my, my message resonated amongst the people of the 126th district because when I went around knocked on 8,000 doors and I had, you know, 70-year-old women breaking down and crying in front of me and telling me how they were sexually assaulted or raped when they were 15 and never told anybody. And even men breaking down in front of me. Um, and then Jerry Sandusky, the Penn State, uh, the whole scandal up there started to blow up. Um, I, I think that people understood that, like I said earlier, I'm not your typical politician. I'm coming in, and I don't care if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. If you weren't protecting the kids of this commonwealth, or you weren't fighting to institute better laws that gave our children, we always talk about educating our kids. If we weren't educating and protecting our children in the same breath, then we have failed them. Wow. First of all, I, I want to thank you for your transparency 
uh, and in sharing that, um, wow. And, and it, 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 it's amazing because one of the tenets of my ministry uh, here in the Frankfurt section of Philadelphia is all about giving our next generations a seat at the table of success, protecting yeah. them, providing them with resources, uh, helping them realize that they're not defined by their zip code, but they're defined by their character. Right. You know, and, and one of the most important things that we can do uh, as adults is protect our children and give them a chance. So on that platform, on that foundation, you then sought office here in, in, in the state capital of Harrisburg. Talk to us about some of the successes that you had, some of the some of the work that you've done on behalf of young people. Well, let me tell you, Reverend, it hasn't been easy. You think that people in Harrisburg would want to stand up and support our children, but they're, they're, since I've been taking office here, um, and I had about $5 million spent against me from the Catholic Conference and the Insurance Federation to, to have my bills fail or to try to knock me out of office, um, but one of the biggest accomplishments I would have to say is in 2019, we finally got to change the the child, uh, the child sex abuse laws. And what we were able to accomplish was the criminal statute of limitations at the time was age 50, that if you were a child, you only had until age 50 to come forward. We eliminated that statute of limitations, and, and you could come forward at any time because we know perpetrators will still abuse children, whether they're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80 years old. And we wanted victims that had to be on their own schedule to come forward and talk about their abuse when they were ready. And then we also changed the civil statute of limitations from age 30 to age 55 to be able to come forward and sue your perpetrator or the institution that covered up that. Because we know it, the typical age that a victim comes forward, and this is horrible. I mean, you think about it. I mean, I, I was 13 when I was assaulted. And I was lucky enough to come forward at age 39, but most victims don't come forward till age 52. And a lot of men and women will hold that in until something traumatic come, happens in their life, and then they're all of a sudden they're ready to talk about it. And we also were able to protect the college kids, too, which we expanded their statute of limitations for, for any child in college. That way we just gave them more time to come forward. And, and, and if you're a victim out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you know a victim out there, you, you know where I'm coming from with this because it's so difficult um, because of the shame, the embarrassment, the guilt, or not even understanding at the time what happened. Um, and then we also put more money into the, um, the Victims' Compensation Therapy Fund where allowed victims, if you didn't have money, that you can go um, and get uh, help uh, funds that, that could pay for your therapy. So in 2019, I actually had Governor Wolf come to my high school here in, in Berks County, to Muhlenberg High School, and sign that legislation in the law. Now, we're also still fighting for the second piece of that legislation, which is the two-year window to give all victims the ability to go back and, and file suit against their abuser or the institution. And, and when people ask me about, well, why two years? And I, and I want people to just for a second put yourself in my situation that I'm in a room with one of my childhood best friends. The priest was sexually assaulting us both at the same time. And the priest decided to take me into the shower to rape me. And I'm 13 years old, and I'm in the shower being raped. Do you think I know what a statute of limitations is? 
And at that time, I only had two years to come forward as a 13-year-old child. And with all the grand juries that we had at Philadelphia, Altoona, Johnstown, and the 48th statewide grand jury report, they all said the same thing. Let's give these victims these two years back. And that's what we're trying to do with the, the window of the justice. I mean, that's why I, when the opportunity to become Speaker of the House and Joanna McClinton didn't have the votes at the time, that's why I took the speakership to make sure that I passed every single bill possible that was available to me over to the Senate to protect children. And we passed five pieces of legislation that had gone over to the Senate right now, and they are sitting on their hands and they are doing nothing about it, which just infuriates me, Reverend. You're listening to Philly's Favor 100.7 FM. We're in the pastor's office with State Representative Mark Rossi. Uh Man, I, I just got to tell you, uh, your passion, uh, it comes through the speakers. It really does. Uh, and, and, and so that leads me to kind of talk to you a little bit about uh, some of your future plans. I mean, you're in a position right now uh, where... You assume this position based on your history, based on your experience, and you want to make a difference in the lives of our young people. But word on the street, and not just on the street, but in the press, is that you're interested in running for Auditor General in 2024. Still some work to do in the House, or you've made a decision it's time to move on? Talk to Well, us. there's always work to do. I'm always working um, 24-7, and that's the way I was raised. As soon as I could walk, my father gave me a hammer and, and told me to get to work. And so that's just the way I'm built. But, you know, my, my whole platform in my career, you know, yes, has been to protect children. It's been to protect seniors. It's been to protect communities out there, whether it's from any type of violence or even right now we have all those skill games on the street where I, I think it's causing a lot of uh, trouble in our community and, uh, and crime and, and, and even organized crime into that. So my whole agenda has been to protect protect. And I think my next step right now is, and I haven't decided, I mean, fully, I, I created the Exploratory Committee, yes, and I'm putting a team together. I, I probably won't make an announcement one way or another uh, until October, but I think my mission right now is, is, as a fiscal, somebody who is very fiscally responsible, is to protect the taxpayers of this Commonwealth. And that's something I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking at, and uh, that's also why I introduced that bill, uh, Run for One, because if I do run for this office, Reverend, I can promise the people of this Commonwealth, and I heard this while I was Speaker of the House, that people in this Commonwealth want government to work for the people, not politicians. So I can never run for two offices. I would give up my, my uh, state representative office and let somebody else run it run for it, and I would be all in for Auditor General. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 li I like that. I like I like the fact that you uh, have pushed that legislation where you can only run for one seat at a time, uh, and I think that makes all the sense in the world, and why, why it's not the norm or why it's not law now doesn't make any sense to me. It's selfishness. You know, some of the, the politicians out there, you know, they want to hold on to their seats. They're just not sure how it's going to go in the election. And, and for me, it's like, you know what, like if I run for something, I'm in it to win it. Nobody will ever outwork me. And again, that's the way I was raised in, in my family. And, um, you know, um, 
I'm in. Like if I'm in, I'm all in. And and I and I think I could really do an incredible job as Auditor General because you know, everything that I've done so far, I've taken on government, I've taken on institutions, I've taken on organizations, I've taken on corporations. And I, and I will hold you accountable. If you're not spending um, money properly in this state that's, um, that we're handing out, whether it's state government, state government departments, or state government-sponsored or funded programs, if you're not spending that money right, I'm going to hold you accountable. Understood. Why don't we do this? Let's Let's tell our listeners a little bit about the job of Auditor General and why it's a position that currently has your interest. Sure. And then this is where, we, you know, it's, I say, like, when you start talking about Auditor General, people not really, they don't understand what the Auditor General does. And the Auditor General basically follows um, two paths. They, they follow the Pennsylvania Fiscal Code and they follow the Pennsylvania uh, Constitution, even though most of the duties and responsibilities are, are defined in, in the Fiscal Code. And the Auditor General, they basically audit all taxes, uh, collections, and debt that are either given out or, or collected by the Commonwealth, that any money that basically goes through, through the, the state treasurer's office. And they conduct basically four different type of audits. They conduct financial audits, performance audits, out-of-station engagement audits, special audits. They also audit the, the Pennsylvania municipal plans, and they also audit the volunteer firemen's leave association. So um, basically, they are the fiscal watchdog of the state. They are the ones who watch over all these organizations, all these groups, to make sure that any money uh, that they spend is done properly and without abuse. And again, my whole whole thing in my entire life has been to protect. And I think that it's time that we get somebody in this office that is more independent, more centrist. I'm a Democrat. But when I take jobs, even when I became the Speaker of the House, I said, you know, we need somebody up here that that can remain in the middle, let both sides work together. And in, in this, like, I don't, I'm not looking to weaponize the office of Auditor General. My main mission is to protect taxpayers. Understood. You're listening to Philly's Favor 100.7 FM. We're talking to State Representative Mark Rossi, who is considering a run for uh, Auditor General here in the state of Pennsylvania, but currently serves the 126th District, Berks County, uh, and is doing a fantastic job. State Representative Rossi, why don't you do us a favor before we depart? Why don't you just share with our listeners uh, where they can go to find out more information about what you're doing, potentially your campaign, and, and also because we know what politics is and, and how expensive it is, even how they can possibly contribute. Well, um, first of all, uh, if you want to see what I'm doing legislatively, um, you know you can go to the House of Representatives uh, homepage and, and find me right on there and as looking up reprozi uh, com. Now, if you want to know what, like you know, what my campaign page is, uh, my campaign website is vote. Razi, R-O-Z-Z-I, dot com. And on that page, I list all my priorities, everything that uh, I really have been fighting for since day one. And on that page, if you're interested in, uh, you know, making a contribution to my campaign, everything's listed there. And 
one thing that I want uh, that I, if I can say, Reverend, before my time's up is. You know, I know a lot of people go out there, they try to get endorsements, and they say, well, look who's supporting me. And the only endorsement that I'm looking for for my run, if I, if I, when I decide to make that announcement, is the endorsement of the people of this Commonwealth, because I want them to know that I will fight for them. I'm not doing this because I, I, I want to, you know, I, I'm tired of being a state representative. I need to run for this office or this office. I've never run for any other office except for state representative. And I'm, I'm going to run for Auditor General. When I do, it's going to be the fight for the people of Pennsylvania. Understood. Sir, I want to thank you for joining us in the pastor's office today. This was your first visit, but prayerfully, it will not be your last. And any time that we can use these airwaves uh, to promote some of the good that you're trying to do for the people of Pennsylvania, as I've shared with all of your colleagues, feel free to let us know and we'll be right there for you. All right. Thank you so much for having me today, Reverend. God bless you. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, Philly's favorite listeners, I want to welcome you back into the pastor's office, and we certainly uh, want to thank State Representative Mark Rossi uh, for joining us in our first segment. Uh, but now, let's turn the corner. Let's talk about something that's very exciting to me. Now, any of you that have met me out and about, you know I haven't missed many meals uh, as a matter of fact, the meal is a very, very uh, sought-after and anticipated part of my day. I only eat one meal a day. I do this thing called intermittent fasting. Uh, but when the weekend hits, uh, there, there, there is something called a cheat day. Uh, and sometimes I like to get out to uh, one of my favorite restaurants there in Philadelphia and just enjoy myself. So I'm looking at a list here. I'm going to tell you about it in a second. But I, I see some of my favorite restaurants here, the Oyster House. Uh, I see Prunella. Uh, I see La Famiglia Ristorante. These are some of my favorites, y'all. I just, I just want you to know. Uh, and then I, I was looking over here. There was another one that I really like. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Hold on one second. I'm getting to it. Just be patient with me. We got a little bit more time left in the show. Ah, here it is. Cuba Libre. Now, listen, it's hidden. I promise you it is hidden. Uh, uh, it, 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 you, if you ride by it, you won't see it uh, in a lot of cases. But it has some of the best Cuban food that I have ever had. And if you're into those libations, uh, they got that too. That's not my thing, but I just want you to know it's part of their name. But nonetheless, we're talking about Restaurant Week. The 20th annual Restaurant Week is coming up here in the city of Philadelphia, September 10th through September 23rd. And we want to welcome into the pastor's office Miss Michelle Shannon, who is the Center City District's Vice President of Marketing and Communications, to talk to us about this year's Restaurant Week. Uh, Michelle, come on into the pastor's office. Uh, I got them. I got their appetites running now. They're craving right now. Come on, let's talk about Restaurant Week. How are you? 
I'm great. How are you, Pastor? I am wonderful. Listen, I, I always look forward to Restaurant Week because uh, we know that when we go out and about in Philly, we can get some great deals and also support the restaurant tours here in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, why don't you talk to us about this year's Restaurant Week, Restaurant Two Weeks, actually. Uh, talk to us about what we have to look forward to. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting us to come and tell our story on your show. We're very grateful. And this Restaurant Week is extremely special because, as you mentioned uh, at the top here, this is the 20th anniversary of Center City District Restaurant Week. We started this promotion with a a little over 40 restaurants back in September of 2003. And here we are 20 years later with uh, 97 restaurants we're up to right now uh, participating. And that is by far the most we have had uh, since before the pandemic. Um, and we are absolutely thrilled to be able to share all of these restaurant um, menus and cuisine with all of your listeners. And, and, and I mean, you span the spectrum uh, of different tastes. I mean, from Chinese food to Cuban food to, to, to American cuisine, I mean, to Italian. I mean, it runs the breadth and width of anything we could be interested in. So, so, so tell our audience, you know, what they can expect during Restaurant Week. You go into a restaurant, they have a special Restaurant Week menu. You just give them a little education just in case they've never participated. Sure. So um, Center City District Restaurant Week, which is the biggest restaurant week in the region, as, of course, Center City has the most extensive cuisine, uh, extensive selection of uh, restaurants in the region. It's the go-to place for dining. And, Pastor, you tapped right on one of the great things about uh, our restaurants is the diversity. There's nowhere else in the area that you're going to find the diversity of cuisines that you will hear in Center City. But a little bit about Restaurant Week, as you said, for those who may not have attended, the basic premise of the promotion is that a, a diner can come in and get a minimum three-course meal prefixed for $45 for dinner and a two-course meal for $20 for lunch. Now, in honor of our 20th anniversary, we have also added for the first time a $60 premium menu. So for some of our restaurants that struggle to be able to to do 
a $45 menu. Um, we have introduced this $60 premium dinner menu for the first time this year. So we're really excited about that, um, about the opportunity for some of our higher-end restaurants to be able to participate again. As everyone knows, food prices have gone up in the grocery store, but also, you know, the the goods that our restaurants are buying to put on our plate are going up as well. So we felt this was a, a good time to be able to introduce this this new $60 premium menu, but the $45 menu is available as well. And, and let's, and let's uh, you know, one thing I always share with my listeners, you know, let's, let's be clear uh, that the pandemic uh, did damage to a lot of small businesses, and most restaurants are small businesses and and and, and 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 promotions like restaurant week help us to go into places maybe we typically may not have gone into sample something new and and bring business to these these entrepreneurs who are actually bringing tax dollars to Philadelphia providing jobs i mean it's restaurant week it's a promotion we go eat but you know what it has far larger impact if we all support it reverend were you reading like my script because that's exactly, I mean, let's face it, food, everybody loves food. Everybody loves to to eat out. But one of the things that we are really focusing on in the lead-up to this year's Restaurant Week is the focus on the people behind the businesses. We are highlighting our chefs, we're highlighting our business, um, our restaurant owners, and and their stories. Um, if you go on to our, our website, which I'll give you in a bit, um, you can get recipes from some of our chefs. You can see interviews with them. Um, their stories about, you know, how they became, uh, why they became a, a restaurateur or a chef. And these are, as you said, with, with few exceptions, these are small businesses. Um, it was devastating for them during the pandemic, devastating for their servers and employees, um, so this is not just something fun for the public to do, but it is really, it's a huge economic impact uh, during these 14 days. It's a chance to give visibility to some of these smaller restaurants that don't have the budget to promote themselves to the extent that we can do. Um, so it is a huge economic driver, Restaurant Week, aside from being a really fun outing and and an opportunity to gather with family and friends. Absolutely. Now, how, how do you market Restaurant Week? 
So we market Restaurant Week in a number of different ways. Some of them are very um, guerrilla marketing. Uh, we we produce a Restaurant Week brochure, which for the first time since the pandemic, we actually are listing the restaurants in the brochure again. Um, during the pandemic, to be as flexible as possible, we pushed people to the website so that a restaurant could sign up at the very last minute, you know, two days or a day before restaurant week started, if they weren't sure if they were able to be staffed to handle restaurant week. So we didn't want the brochure to be out of date from the moment we started. But we do the brochure we distribute that both in the restaurants and then our CCD community service representatives distribute them on the street in Center City, you know, around rush hours. Uh, we also distribute them to office buildings and um, some of our uh, residential buildings. We also have a, a website that lists all of our participants with a link. Um, if they're an open table restaurant, you know, you can go right there and make reservations. We do a lot with social media. Um, we've been working with some influencers to do some social media reels and posts, and we have our own in-house social media team. And when I say team, it's like one and a half people. <laughs> so it's a small team. Um, and then, you know, various ads here and there. We, we partnered with Philly Magazine this year um, because we wanted to start promoting this and building the excitement early on. So we started doing some chef profiles in the magazine, and also on their online um, media back in June. Uh, so they've, they've been a partner with us on that. So a number of ways. And then, of course, um, just this week on Tuesday, we did a press conference at Dilworth Park to announce, you know, formally announce Restaurant Week, distribute our brochure, and uh, announce some of our, our – we have a few chefs that have been with us, restaurants that have been with us all 20 years. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we got some good media coverage. So those are some of the ways, and, of course, word of mouth good old-fashioned uh, way that gets a lot of buzz. You're listening to Philly's Favorite 100.7 FM. We're talking to Michelle Shannon, Center City District's Vice President of Marketing and Communications. We're talking about Restaurant Week. Listen, listen, listen. All my Philly's Favorite listeners here in the pastor's office, I want you to get out and about between the 10th uh, and the 23rd. Let's enjoy 
Restaurant Week this year. Uh, let's have a great time. And you know what? Let's let's solicit some businesses, some restaurants that we've never been to before. Let's help out these entrepreneurs uh, to keep their businesses moving forward and to keep people employed. Uh, Michelle, before we go, uh, any, any websites, uh, social media pages uh, that you want to reiterate so that our listeners can make sure that they are up to date uh, and ready to support Restaurant Week? Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, two two things before that. Um, parking. We have parking partners. Um, you can park in Center City for $9 or less. Uh, that is a true bargain. And you can find out which lots are participating by going to our website, which is ccdrestaurantweek.com and you'll find a list of participating restaurants as well as a list of uh, parking facilities that are participating in that discount and I urge your listeners to plan ahead you know go on the website find out which participating parking facility is closest to your restaurant so that's number one. The other thing that's really exciting, and this is a favorite every year, you can win dinner for a year. You can enter for your chance to win dinner once a month for a year, courtesy of our Center City District restaurant. And you can enter there. Uh, you can enter by going again to our website, CCD Restaurant Week. Dot com to register. And on the website, you will find uh, also links to all of our social media channels. And that is the information, the delicious information for September. We encourage people to make reservations uh, now before places get booked up. And Enjoy. Make it a special occasion. Michelle Shannon, I want to thank you uh, for joining us here in the pastor's office today to talk about Restaurant Week, uh, September 10th through September 23rd. All right, Philly's favor, you got the information. Now let's eat. Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political spiritual, maybe some life. While you're while listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah. Take a minute, turn the radio.